Hello, my rebels. Uh, today's podcast is about a hoax, a hate crime hoax. Uh, a young woman standing in downtown Toronto, shrieking at a passerby, shrieking against immigrants and walking up to a fellow and spitting on him, all while holding a sign pretending to be for Andrew Shear. Well, it takes about 30 seconds to debunk that and see it's a hoaxer who's actually a pro-immigration, hard left-wing activist trying to frame and smear Andrew Shear. Well, the media went along with that. I'll tell you the story. I'll let you listen to it in full. But I got to tell you, this is one of those times when a podcast just won't do it justice. You got to see what the video looks like. It's, it's quite something. It's quite something. And that's where the premium membership comes in. For eight bucks a month, you can see the video version of this podcast. Just go to the rebel.media slash shows. You can sign up right there. You get a discount if you type the coupon code podcast and you get access to other shows too, like Sheila Gunn Reads and David Menzies. All right, without further ado, here's today's podcast. You are listening to a Rebel Media Podcast. Tonight, the mainstream media promotes a fake news hoax about Andrew Scheer and they refuse to apologize when caught. It's August 13th and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I saw this video I'm going to show you in a second. It was published by a liberal Toronto blog called BlogTO, and it came to my attention because my former colleague from the Sun News Network, David Aiken, tweeted it. David is now the chief political reporter at Global News, so he's at one of the highest peaks of the media party. So when he tweets something, it's really the voice of the political establishment. So here's the video. Now, I want to warn you, there's a lot of swearing here and then some spitting. So you're going to hear the F word a few times. There's another bad word that was bleeped out by blog to I don't even know what that word is. But I'm going to play it with the F word still on bleep because I think it's important to know what we're talking about here. So if you don't want to hear that swear, please turn down your volume for the next minute, okay? Here's the video. I can't believe you're real. You're actually real. You're real. Get the fuck home! Hmm. Now, what do you think of that? Yeah, I'm going to play it again since it's pretty short, and then I'm going to talk about different elements of it. So, swears again, all right? So, turn down the volume if you don't like swears. What do you think of this? One more time. This is the place of men. This is the place of men. This is a beautiful country. And you can't fuck it up, you savages. I can't believe you're real. You can't fuck it up, you savages. You're actually you real. You're real. Get the fuck home! Go home! This is the place of men, not for fucking You don't belong here, get the fuck home. You can't spit on my country. You know, maybe the only voice, the only honest voice there is the cameraman. I can't believe you're real, he says again and again. And that's what I thought immediately, too. It's too on the nose. I'm sorry, it's just too perfect. If, if that were a Hollywood script in some movie, a producer would say, you know, it's too obvious. There's a little more nuance. I mean, the sign. Hand-painted, vote Andrew Scheer, but, but not a real lawn sign, which probably any conservative party member would have quick access to. Hand-painted and 
displaying that sign while being extremely vulgar and offensive, I'm sorry, it's just too fake. No one who actually wanted to promote Andrew Scheer would really do that because no one who really wanted to promote Andrew Scheer would think that's how to win hearts and minds, to persuade people. That's how to win votes. No one is that nuts. Even if someone were that vile, were not just rude, but I think there was some racism there, even though I think it was bleeped out. But no one, even if they really thought those thoughts that that woman expressed, no one would think that they would persuade a member of the general public. I mean, spitting? So obviously, uh, no one could believe that spitting on, on someone would be a good ad for a political party. Same with the swearing. It's just too much. It immediately reminded me of other hoaxes and other fakes, like the hijab hoax girl. Remember her in Toronto, 11-year-old girl, who claimed that she was attacked by a Chinese man, twice, by the way, who allegedly was carrying around scissors, by the way, who cut her hijab, by the way, without saying a word, by the way. And no one else saw him, by the way, and he was careful enough not to poke her with the scissors, by the way. And she was happy to do a national press conference from an elementary school, because apparently that happens all the time, 11-year-olds holding national press conferences in elementary schools, right after they're attacked and the attacker's still on the loose, and their younger brother comes to the press conference too and is just laughing and joking around. Yeah, that was fake. Just as fake as when that leftist actor, Jussie Smollett, claimed that he was attacked at 3 a.m. by some rednecks who were walking around Chicago with a noose and some bleach, apparently, as one does at 3 a.m. in Chicago while wearing Trump hats. And apparently they watch an obscure black-oriented TV show and know an actor who plays an obscure role on that show and they saw the actor and they attacked him because they had a noose and bleach around with them. And they put the noose around Jesse Smollett's neck and splashed bleach on him, but Jesse Smollett fought them off and they ran and the whole time he was holding onto a Subway sandwich and never dropped it. That was f my favorite detail in the story. Yeah, no, that was a hoax too. So I thought of both of those things because this is fake, fake, fakety, fake. It didn't even make sense. This is a place of men. What, what, what does that mean? Have you, have you ever heard a conservative even, even say that? A, a conservative woman, no less? I don't get it. Walking up to a man and calling him a savage while acting savagely herself and saying, you want to and fight me? You want to f What? Who does that? Spitting on someone? Do you know anyone who does that while pretending to be a conservative party supporter dressed in a smart dress and a hat with a sign? I'm sorry, I'm just not that stupid. Or maybe you need to be extremely smart to figure that all out. I don't believe it, it's not real for a second. So uh, obviously, I, I can't believe I have to say it. it. It is what it looks like. That is a leftist's idea of what conservatives think and say and do. A leftist's caricature of the right, but a very ill-informed caricature, a very poor mimicry. Someone who obviously has never actually met or spoken with a real conservative and thinks that's how conservatives are. That is so weird. But just like that woman in that video obviously hates conservatives and obviously did this smear on conservatives to defame them. It's a hoax to blame conservatives. Well, the media who reported this video I think they know so little about conservatives and what conservatives really think that they ran with it. They ran with it unskeptically. They said, yeah, yeah, you know, that's how conservatives really are. And we always knew it. And here's finally proof of it.
So Blanc T.O. published it as news, saying a woman was just caught on camera screaming racial slurs outside Toronto City Hall. I mean, I guess that's technically true. That's not a lie, but the lie was in the image and not disclosing that it's obviously a fake, a hoax, a setup. Pictures absolutely can lie. In fact, they're the most powerful of lies because we instantly see something, we instantly come to a judgment about it. You can't unsee that hand-painted sign for Andrew Shearer, can you? And, and so it's fused with this story in your mind. As of this afternoon, that little video was seen about a half a million times on Twitter alone. And like I say, I saw it via David Aiken. Here's what he tweeted. He has since deleted this tweet, but here's a snapshot someone took of his tweet before he deleted. He said, Shear's opponents will shrug and say, well, of course, that's unfair, but that's politics. In the meantime, Shear would do well to go out of his way to denounce this kind of hatred and to do that quickly. Um, so David Aiken was not only giving great publicity to this hoax, and putting zero effort into scrutinizing it skeptically, doing no basic fact checks. He was also giving a prescription to Shear. Hey, Andrew Shear, you, you, you better react to this or you'll own it, says I. We all assume this is who you really are. That's the default. So unless you stop what you're doing, stop talking about what you're talking about and tell us for the umpteenth time that you're not a racist, we're going to assume you are, buddy. No one on the left ever has to denounce the kooks who follow the left, real kooks who really support them. But this obvious hoax has to be treated by Andrew Shear as real, and Shear has to weigh in, thus taking the hoax one step further. Now, not only will a crude hand-painted sign saying Andrew Shear be fused to this tantrum, but Shear's own face and voice will be. Aiken is actually doing the hoaxer's work for her. Uh, one last quick point before I tell you who this hoaxer really is. If you know anything about Andrew Shear's immigration policy, and I do, you would know that he explicitly says he will not reduce immigration from Justin Trudeau's levels. And he explicitly says he will not change the countries of origin of immigrants. Ask him. I personally have. It was actually the last conversation Andrew Shear ever agreed to have with me. I pressed him on the number of immigrants. He dodged. I pressed him on cultural fit. He dodged. He dodged five times. It was a cringeworthy interview, if you remember it. It was the last time he ever spoke with me because he is indistinguishable from Justin Trudeau on immigration other than his promise to fix the broken system as in, well, he says, to provide more social services for foreigners. He won't even commit to closing the Roxham Road illegal place of entry. And my point for telling you all that is this. Anyone who was truly that revved up about immigration in Canada, who knew their facts, who, who was concerned about immigration, would know that Andrew Scheer isn't any different from Trudeau. I'm sorry to say it. They probably, you know, someone who was that angry about immigration probably would drop out of the political system or be supporting the one candidate who wants to reform immigration, Maxime Bernier, or maybe Quebec Premier Francois Legault, who's tough on the subject too. So that little video was fake, 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 but to the media, it's real because it's too perfect to check. That video was retweeted and republished uncritically by countless media party journalists who couldn't be bothered to even Google the thing. I Googled it. I Googled her. It wasn't even that tough. She was arrested and charged with assaulting police officers, which is quite something for a hoaxer. So we have her name, Talia Davidson. How hard is it to type Talia Davidson into Google? Uh, it, it takes less time to do it than even to say it. Here she is on Facebook, 
partying at a hard left-wing activist newspaper with a union organizer. The newspaper's called Now Magazine. They're so nuts, they think Trudeau is right-wing. They, they hated the late Rob Ford. If, if you're for Now Magazine, you're Antifa left. You're hard left. You're kooky left. And there she is at a Now Magazine party. That took me five seconds to find. And, and she's not anti-immigrant. She loves immigrants. All her friends are immigrants. She was involved at a Venezuelan restaurant in the city with other immigration activists that specifically preferred to hire immigrants. Now, she's not Muslim. I actually think she was born Jewish, but she's a pro-Muslim, pro-hijab activist. She says in this comment here, anyone who is against the hijab is an Islamophobe, apparently even Muslims who are against it. And she says, women who wear a bra are just as the same as someone who wears a hijab. She actually said that. She's a pro-hijab kook. She would never call a Muslim man a savage. She posed for photos at Bike Stock. That's a hippie bicycle gathering. I guess you could be a conservative at this pro-cycling, anti-car, anti-oil, eco event. I guess you could. I guess a vegetarian could say their favorite restaurant is McDonald's. I just wouldn't believe it. Unlike the mainstream media who said, no, 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 this is an Andrew Scheer conservative. According to this social media page, though, dug up by Post Millennial, Davidson is an anarcho-syndicalist. If you even know what that means, you know it's left wing. She was a Palestinian activist, an immigration booster. So exactly the opposite of who she pretended to be, on camera that day at downtown Toronto. It's just, it's just all right out there on Google. My colleague, uh, Kean Bexley, points out that the video itself was originally uploaded to the internet by this guy, Farhan Rana, the guy who said, I don't believe this. Uh, he's a Palestinian activist who used to work for uh, Bill Morneau at Morneau's company, Morneau Chappelle. That's a pretty coincidental thing, but I actually think he's legitimate. I think the hoaxer was Talia Davidson. I think Farhan Rana's reaction I think was real. I, I don't think he was in on it. I, I think he was actually assaulted. That's what being spat upon is. Um, if he's in on this hoax, that's a whole other level of misconduct. I actually don't think he was, but I'm just guessing. The weirdest thing was the website that put this online, BlogTO, they did a profile on Davidson just last month. Don't, don't they recognize their own friend? They just wrote about her last month. That's so weird. Now, Talia Davidson was charged with assaulting police, so she's taking hoaxing to a whole new level. I just don't understand that part. I acknowledge that it's so weird I can't process it. Even that 11-year-old hijab liar and Jussie Smollett, they stopped with the hoax, right? They didn't actually commit crimes after the hoax by attacking people or whatever. So maybe Talia Davidson has just snapped Mentally, maybe she's just having a bout of mental illness. Uh, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying maybe that's a possibility. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's being, me being kind to her, trying to find a less odious explanation than a hoax. I think she truly believed that this hoax would denormalize conservatives. And you know what? It did. Because even if she's convicted of her assaults, the image is still out there. The headlines are still out there. Sheer did indeed feel compelled to deny that this person he never knew, who probably never supported him, the, the party says that Talia Davidson has never been a member, I believe them. So even if Davidson is proved to be a hoaxer, or even if she's mad, well, she succeeded because the fake news media took the story and ran with it uncritically. As always, when the narrative is just too perfect for them to ignore. Was this Davidson doing this on her own, or, or with her left-wing friends, or was the Liberal Party war room behind it, or maybe an other anti-conservative campaign group like 
David Aiken's journalism union, Unifor, that's campaigning as a third party group. Who was behind it? I note that David Aiken took down his original tweet, but with no clarification or explanation or correction or anything like that, just pretending it didn't happen. That's weird. Um, but it's no odder than how the rest of the media party operate. You remember what the CBC did a couple years ago, right when Trump was inaugurated? They actually hired crisis actors to pretend to be racists on the streets of Canada and to go up to random Canadians and say racist things to them and try to get them to respond in kind. And they tried to link the whole thing back to, to Trump. Now, this wasn't some game show or some reality TV show. This was a show called CBC Marketplace that used to expose, I mean, they're supposed to expose hoaxes and scams. This time, they were the perpetrators of hoaxes and scams. They literally couldn't find any real racists. So they hired people with your tax dollars to pretend to be racist Trump supporters, to smear Trump, even though the CBC themselves were the ones saying the racist words. I think Talia Davidson should be prosecuted for assault. That's what spitting is. Unless she was in collusion with Rana, the cameraman, in which case he, I suppose, would have consented to the assault. But if he didn't, she should be charged for spitting on a guy. And if there are any other fingerprints on this matter, the Liberal Party war room, David Aiken's partisan Unifor Union, the CBC Marketplace crisis actors, they should be charged too. It's only August. The election campaign isn't even in full swing yet. That won't actually happen until after Labor Day. But get ready for a tsunami of fake news just like this. And it will come from the fanciest of media party reporters, the very same people who say you should trust them and only them, not independent media like us. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, moments ago, Donald Trump tweeted his concern about the ongoing political demonstrations in Hong Kong. Let me read it to you. Our intelligence has informed us that the Chinese government is moving troops to the border with Hong Kong. Everyone should be calm and safe. This comes after months of mass protests on Hong Kong streets against Chinese plans to have an extradition law that could take citizens from free Hong Kong to the mainland China where the courts are not independent. Joining us now via Skype is our favorite China expert. You know him, his name is Gordon Cheng. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China, and we're grateful to have a moment of his time on this very busy day. Gordon, nice to see you again. This tweet from Donald Trump suggests he is concerned about China possibly having a Tiananmen Square-style reaction to Hong Kong. Yes, it's much better than his previous comments were that this was just a matter between China and Hong Kong. Um, from the leader of the free world, we need a stout defense of freedom. He's not quite there yet, Ezra, but he's moving in the right direction. I saw yesterday uh, images on social media of what looked like troop carriers. They're trucks to carry troops. That's what it looked like to me. Also some light armored vehicles massing just across the border. Uh, from Hong Kong. This was in propaganda-style videos released by the Chinese government, buses, trucks. Uh, was this designed to show Chinese nationals that China is tough? Is it designed to scare Hong Kongese? W what's the purpose of these propaganda videos released by the Chinese military? Yeah, I, I think it's all of the above. Um, you know, right now, China does not want to deploy the People's Armed Police or the People's 
Russian army onto the streets of Hong Kong. They know if they do that, it's a long term occupation, and that a lot of blood will be spilled, not all of it, Hong Kong. There'll be uh, Chinese uh, men and women being brought back in body bags. Because uh, Hong Kong is, uh, you look at it, um, from the buildings, the narrow streets, it really is perfect for defense. It's very difficult for an invader. Um, you know, right now, Beijing's leaders uh, are in Beidaha, which is that resort uh, near Beijing. They do this most August. And if they go according to what they've done in the past, they'll be finishing about the end of this week. That means by the end of this week, there could very well be a decision either to deploy or not to deploy. But in the meantime, Beijing is just sort of resorting to intimidation tactics. The idea that there would actually be a military confrontation with the unarmed protesters in Hong Kong is almost, almost too much to fathom. Hong Kong, which is an economic and political and social jewel, a model for success, a, an amazing place, the idea that it would be thrown into a civil war type situation at the hands of the communist People's Liberation Army is almost too much to think about. Surely this is already damaging um, the, the thought that Western investors could trust Hong Kong as being independent. I'm very nervous about the future of Hong Kong. I don't think it's ever looked this bad, certainly since China took over in 1997. I'm scared. Is that the point here? I, I think it's self-destructive, though, for China, though, Gordon. Well, it is. Um, you know, Beijing could solve this very quickly by having Carrie Lam, who's the Hong Kong chief executive, the top political officer in the territory, by having her permanently withdrawing the extradition bill, which is what triggered the protests last April, um, but also by making concessions uh, on universal suffrage of the election of the next chief executive. And uh, Beijing doesn't want to do that, um, and I can understand why. This is an extremely dangerous situation. And, and one thing, Ezra, talk about unarmed people in Hong Kong. I would say mostly uh, because there's a lot of dynamite there. Uh, I can buy uh, gasoline, uh, Molotov cocktails. Even, you know, I would think there might be some Hong Kong police. You saw the Chinese... Gordon, we're, we're having a little bit of trouble with the internet connection, and I, I know you've got to run. We're showing on the screen uh, Hong Kong protesters throwing papers uh, at, at police. There were some scuffles. Um, there, there are some masks on the protesters, I think, to hide their identity from facial recognition. I see some of the protesters are using lasers to foil the facial recognition technology used by the Chinese government to ID these protesters. Uh, this is a very high-tech, asymmetrical battle. If you had to predict its outcome, and I know that's a very difficult business, do you think that Beijing is going to blink? These Hong Kongese seem more res resolute in their freedom than almost any other country I've heard of. Two million people have massed in the streets, such an enormous percentage of the population. Are you betting on the spirit of Hong Kong, especially now that Trump is weighing in a little bit? Or do you think China is so resolved on this that they'll damn the torpedoes and, and, and crush Hong Kong like they did in Tiananmen Square? Well, in the next three or four months, I don't see the Chinese deploying uh, the troops or the armed police. Um, after that, I think it, it might be possible, especially if we see contagion, if we see protests in China itself, um, inspired by the Hong Kong demonstrations. 
So that that's that I think might be the trigger. But you know, right now it's not just these kids; it, it's a mass of, of Hong Kong people. Um, you know, two thirds, maybe three quarters of the population um, are, are very much against China right now. So it is a broad spectrum of Hong Kong society that is against China, and I think China understands that. Hmm. If they introduce the troops to the streets. Um, uh, all bets are off. And, and I think Beijing knows that they could very well come out the loser. Wow. You know, last time I was in Hong Kong, a, a friend said China didn't take over Hong Kong. Hong Kong will take over China. And I didn't quite believe him. But he suggested that the you use the word contagion. My friend said the virus of freedom. I don't like saying virus of freedom because that implies it's negative. But who knows? Maybe in the end, Hong Kong will help free the rest of China. Last word to you, Gordon. I'm so grateful for your time. I know you're in such demand today by every network. Give us a closing thought. Leave us with something. Yeah, in, in many times in Chinese history, including the last imperial dynasty, um, they unravel from the outside in. So when you have unrest in the periphery, that can eventually move into the center itself. And, and that's perhaps what we're seeing right now in Hong Kong. Um, you know, you have the unrest, of course, in the Northwest where the Uyghurs live. Um, so this could very well be the beginning of the end of uh, communism. Might take a long time, Ezra, but um, this is very well maybe the process and how it gets started. Well, that's very uh, nerve-wracking, but also exciting at the same time. Our hopes are with the Hong Kong people. Gordon Cheng, you're one of the world's experts on this subject. We're grateful for your time. I know you have a lot of other interviews to do, so we'll say goodbye now. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ezra. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we learn so much from you every time. All right, good luck, my friend. That's our friend Gordon Cheng. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China. Stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Welcome back on my monologue yesterday about the media telling normal Canadians to stop flying because of global warming. Paul writes, they fly around the world on a whim, live in multiple homes in all the nicest places, eat in five-star restaurants and do as they please. The little people must travel less, if at all, get rid of that bar fridge and eat bugs. Yeah, that eat bugs part is so gross, but really it's not that far different from Catherine McKenna saying, hey everybody, eat less meat. Who are you to tell people what to eat? I mean, it's a personal decision, but it's also, by the way, hardwired in our biology. Um, you can see it even in our teeth. We have canine teeth. We're meant to be meat eaters. We don't have teeth like, say, carnivorous animals do. Uh, it, it's so bizarre and, and hubristic to say, hey, people, uh, stop eating what you feel you need to eat, what you want to eat, what you culturally want to eat, uh, and eat what we tell you to eat. That's the weirdest social control of all. So naturally, Catherine McKenna's all over it. John writes, I won't be limiting my flights, my plastic use, or anything else. I get to live my life, despite Trudeau and old Yeller's hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly right. On my interview with Sheila Gunn-Reed about the shootings in Toronto, Robert writes, the Liberals are going to get a backdoor gun registry. They will do so by successively prohibiting and restricting various classes of firearms right down to 19th century muzzle loaders. Yeah, you know what? I mean, here we are in the fourth year of Trudeau's uh, term, and he hasn't introduced that bill to that effect yet, I don't, I don't think. 
Um, they're making some regulatory changes. A lot of the things that I was worried Trudeau would do, he hasn't done. I think it's just out of laziness. I mean, Trudeau is perhaps the laziest prime minister we've ever had. Uh, and I, I don't even think it would be fair to compare Kim Campbell because she didn't really even have a time at the job. She'd probably be called, I don't even think she was lazy. She just didn't have a chance. Um, so why hasn't he done these things? You, I don't think it's a strategy. I think it's just laziness and incompetence. But I'm worried that if Trudeau does win again in October, all the bad ideas he's been talking about, but has been too lazy or incompetent to get going, I believe they will get going in that second term. I think it's a very crucial election. All right, folks, well, that's our show for the t uh, today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.